0: Today we're talking about how to safely reopen your business in the midst of the current COVID-19 pandemic crisis. If we dial all the way back to March of 2020, no one could ever have imagined that this pandemic would be still continuing. However, it is continuing and businesses are figuring out how do they reopen, how do they come back onto their premises, how do they continue to add value to their customers and to their clients. So I want to cover a number of different recommendations about how to do that reopening with sensitivity. So number one, keep in mind that one size doesn't fit all. That means that in your business, you have employees, all of whom have different circumstances from each other. Some people may be in a situation where their children have not been able to go back to school, so they're having to educate their children at home or supervise the education of their children, even if the school system is providing some sort of internet-based education. Other people have small children at home and their child care services are no longer available or they're closed, or sometimes they're open and sometimes they have to close because of a virus outbreak. And there are others who may be part of an at-risk demographic or they're living with relatives and family members who are at risk. So maybe the persons are senior citizens in advanced age. Perhaps they are people of color. Perhaps they have some serious underlying health conditions or someone in their home fits any of those categories. So you want to think about the fact that as you're reopening, it doesn't mean that everyone has to do exactly the same thing. So keep in mind, one size doesn't fit all, and you can have multiple solutions. Also keep in mind, number two, just like Rome wasn't built in a day, your return to the workplace does not have to happen instantaneously or overnight. You can take your time, and you can stagger that opening as you learn what's safest and what makes the best sense to do. Number three, remember to listen to and understand your employees' concerns. Some of your employees are going to have unique and unusual situations, such as what we already mentioned. Others are going to be fearful of their safety in general, and you want to survey your people and find out what is their readiness to even return back to work? How safe are they feeling? And as the employer, you want to be open to feedback about what is the best thing to do and when. As an employer, if you end up deciding that it is important for your employees to come back to work to be in the actual work Space, rather than to implement or continue a virtual solution, remember to have very good reasons for that organizational change and be prepared to articulate those reasons to explain that to the workforce. Most importantly, keep an open mind, engage in two-way communication so that you're not just pronouncing an edict to your workforce, you're also open to their feedback and their concerns and can adjust accordingly. Which brings me to number four, which is to benefit from new learnings and new competencies. Many of you have been working virtually for quite some time already. People have been working from home and in many organizations and companies, they have been doing so very successfully. So don't lose that learning. Understand and recognize that people can be successful working from home in many situations. Although it may not be appropriate or effective or ideal for every business or every person, it is more viable for more people than many employers would have thought prior to the pandemic. Number five, as you are beginning to start reopening and move to in-person workplace, ask for volunteers initially. There may be some people who really don't enjoy working from home at all, and they'd be delighted to be part of that early adoption phase and come back first. So check with your workforce to see about who might want to volunteer. Number six, and this is very important, is to identify safety plans. What are you going to need to have in place so that people really do feel safe at work and they know that you as the employer, you're doing everything possible to keep the work environment a safe environment? and to protect their health. And you want to be prepared to go into detail about what you're doing and to find out if there's anything that you haven't considered that your employees would like for you to do. So I'm just going to mention some possibilities of steps that can be taken to protect people. For one thing, you might take the temperature of everyone who's coming in in the morning prior to them even getting into the building. You may have a health screening questionnaire that you ask each person so that if there's anything that looks problematic, either in terms of the answers to the health screening questions or the temperatures taken, that those employees can be sent back home to protect the rest of the workforce. You can also require that people wear masks in the work environment, cloth masks. And those cloth masks are really more, not so much to protect the mask wearer, but more to protect those who are around the mask wearer. So that let's say someone coughs or sneezes, those droplets from the one who's sneezing or coughing don't transfer as easily or as readily to someone else as if you were not wearing a mask. Some people may have situations where wearing a cloth mask might be difficult. Maybe they have a medical condition that affects their breathing and they're already living, let's say in a place like Colorado that's already at high altitude with limited oxygen. And so you also wanna look at alternative possibilities. For example, face shields those clear face shields that people can wear that may be an option and if you're in a place where perhaps you have individuals who may be hearing impaired and rely on reading lips as part of understanding what people can say you may want to also have the kinds of face masks that have a clear part where the mouth is located That way someone who needs to read lips is able to do so. Now, if you're in an environment that really does require more of a mask that is like an N95 type mask, and it's required because of the nature of the health related work that you do, and you're really using more surgical quality equipment, then in those cases, it's imperative for the organization to supply those kinds of masks. Depending on where you're located, in some states, you might also be required to provide personal cloth masks or other masks that employees can wear. And in other states, the employee is the one who's responsible for procuring their own cloth masks. So that depends on your jurisdiction, where you are. Look into the rules and regulations about that. We also understand from the health professionals that the droplets that can spread the coronavirus also can infect the eyes. And so it may be important to also consider eye protection for your employees and to have some goggles available that each employee can wear and that they can have at work. This may increase some people feeling safe. Of course, you always want to have the social distancing protocols in place. And this may be a good reason not to have all the employees come back at once because you may not have enough physical space in your office to practice social distancing if everyone is back to work at the same time. And clearly, hand-washing protocols, providing hand sanitizer, making sure that there's adequate ventilation in your building, and particularly from fresh air. Having protocols in place where you're regularly cleaning and sanitizing all of the surfaces and the restrooms, it's not enough in the coronavirus situation just to have the after-hours team come in and clean up the office once a day. Some offices have a full-time dedicated cleaning staff that's cleaning all day long, washing doorknobs, cleaning in high-traffic areas, and so on. You also want to look at touchless equipment when possible. So if you have some devices that your employees use to clock in, there are some touchless systems that are available so that people don't have to touch the same surfaces as someone else. In some environments, they're even using facial recognition software so that a person can stand in front of a device and it be recorded that they are actually at work or that they're checking out to go out for a break or lunch or at the end of the day. Some workplaces also have some very strict policies with respect to outsiders. You're investing a lot of time and energy to really screen your employees when they come in. And so you might wanna have a policy where outsiders are not permitted in the building for a period of time, if your business is one that can implement that policy. And that way you're controlling your environment and further protecting your workforce. You also wanna make it clear when you will do virus testing. Let's say if someone has been exposed to the virus, or someone in their home or in their environment has been exposed, and that person may need to be quarantined for 14 days, and they may need to be tested before they come back into the work environment. So be clear what your testing protocol is, who will be tested, and under what circumstances, make sure the workforce is aware of all of those Policies, And in the event that there are exposures, you want to have a contact tracing protocol also in place so that it's clear who might have come in contact with whom and who might be affected once you become aware that someone may have contracted the virus or been exposed to someone who has the virus. And there are some sophisticated applications that are coming out now that will help with some of that contact tracing and identifying who may have been in contact with others. So that's, again, another technology solution that you can consider. Obviously, when it comes down to testing, you want to think about some of the CDC guidelines where you test those who are showing symptoms You test people who are exposed to others who have the virus. You might even have a policy where you're testing all employees at some regular intervals just to be sure that your workforce stays virus free. And again, for those who have recovered, you want to test them before they come back to work. And if you've got some hot spots in your organization, there may be some regular testing protocols that occur there And it will allow you to see if some of your other sanitizing protocols that you have in place are working. So those are some times when you might want to consider the testing. Keep in mind that the Department of Labor also has some policies in place so far as employees' abilities to take the family medical leave of absence, which they can even take up to 12 weeks to take care of their children if they're not able to come into the workplace. And there's also 80 hours of sick leave that your employees can take if, because of virus exposure or suspected exposure, they have to quarantine at home. And in the United States, some of these expenses and some of these costs are also subsidized by the federal government. So depending on what country you are in, what city or state you're in, there may be different laws and rules That apply so far as these paid leaves. Keep in mind that when you are working virtually, and some of your workforce may still be working virtually, it's going to be very important to communicate effectively with them so that you are aware of how they're doing at work. And we'll talk more about that on the next podcast, so be sure to listen. Here's what I wanna say about it in the meantime, is that gone are the days when we physically have to see an employee face-to-face to know whether or not they are working. I remember when I was active duty in the Army, there was a policy that if the senior boss was still at work, even if you were finished your work, and even if the technical workday had concluded, you had to stay at work until that senior boss left the premises. Now, that's really probably not the most efficient use of anyone's time, and it also put a lot of pressure on those senior bosses to make sure that they left the workplace at a reasonable hour so as not to hold the rest of the workplace hostage. Well, in today's world with so many technology solutions available, people no longer have to be face-to-face in order to do stellar work. So I want to say, as you're rethinking and thinking about how to reopen your business safely and with sensitivity, remember, your people are your greatest asset In your business. And every decision that you make, you want to include your concerns for them. You want to include their voices, get their feedback and their input, and collectively and together, put a plan in place for safe return and for a return that may be staggered and over time so that you learn as you go. And keep as many people safe as possible. So to your leadership success and to your health. And join me next time about the communication strategies you need to have in place. You are the instrument of your leadership. And so I invite you to read a complimentary chapter of my book, Lead Yourself First. The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And here's what you'll get from reading the book. You'll get some perspectives on how to leverage your unique gifts and superpowers. Also, how to mine the gold of your past experiences overcoming challenges. And thirdly, you'll be able to identify the continual learning that will catapult you to your next victory. So, to read that complimentary chapter, go to my website, www.transleadership.com, scroll down the homepage, and click on the button that says, Read a Chapter, and I look forward to meeting you inside the book. leadership resources.